Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always appreciating the time that we get to spend with one another. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. This is Thursday's edition, which means that we are talking fantasy football. That's what we do on a Thursday, the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. It is the place that we have all of our leagues in Central and Upstate New York. It is also where we live draft and where we watch the games so make sure that you are heading out to the Wildcat Sports Pub. Whether you're in our league or not, the Wildcat Sports Pub is the place to watch the games. It is a local feel. It's an awesome, awesome experience. They have great food, a full menu, something for everybody. And on top of all of that, they have the opportunity to watch every single game in a family-friendly atmosphere, which is very hard to find when it comes to getting to a sports bar. So big shout-out and big ups to Danny and Heather Tome, who find a way to always get it done for families and for sports fans and people that want to go out and drink alike to make them all comfortable, happy, and find a home at the Wildcat Sports Pub. This hour is also brought to you by Penn and Trophy Center, which is now located in East Syracuse and has been serving our community of Central and Upstate New York and beyond for over 60 years. They give us our mini Lombardi trophy for our champion and give us our toilet bowl for our last place team. And with that being said, the fantasy football drafts, are upon us, they're happening, and ours down in Florida, the Wake Up Call Fantasy League, which started almost 10 years ago, is going on this week down in the great state of Florida. It's how Mike and I met each other, and we are both in this league together. I am so happy that assembling this league when I used to be on ESPN Radio has brought me around so many good people and so many friendships and one of them being, and a very special one being, Mike Sofka. So with that being said, we welcome Mike into the show from Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Mike, how are you doing today? Awesome, how are you doing? Doing very well. And, and Mike, you know, it's this weekend. You know, you and I talk about how excited we get and how important it is to us, but we're about to step into it. So what can you say about that? I mean, this is the moment for us. It's finally going to be you and I will be in the same room and we'll finally be drafting together this week. All right. I, I usually don't say things like this, Dan, but everything I've ever said about this year, forget it. It was wrong. Go with somebody else's advice and uh, then come talk to me after the draft. <laughs> now why are you saying that i'm excited i'm i'm really excited and i'm 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 a type person if you I even and and people call it a breach of fantasy etiquette where if you're in the draft and somebody's asking about a guy or what do you think about this guy over that guy and i'm not you know it's we're all here to have a good time i mean sometimes there's money and trophies and prizes involved and that's all fun but you know, if, if we're in the middle of a draft and I'm in the draft and you ask me an opinion over two guys, I'm going to give you my honest answer. I'm, I'd rather play against teams that are really good or against teams that are trying to be really good all year long than playing against somebody that, ha, 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 I told them the wrong information at the draft. You know, that's that's not the way it goes. Let's, let's all have a good time. And I'm still willing to bet, even if I give you a good answer, that 
you know, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good league. Maybe I'll beat you. Maybe you'll beat me. But that's what it's about. You're only as good as the people you play against. So if you play against a bunch of people that you can whip all the time, hey, that's great for you. You're in the wrong league. You know, let's let's do something competitive. I'd rather I'd rather be in a really good, solid, up and down league and and not win a trophy than than you know win a trophy and it be empty. If that makes any sense. No, absolutely, and 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 I agree with that wholeheartedly. Is that you know, and that's the same thing with me. I had somebody say that to me in uh, in the Syracuse leagues up here that we draft, like I said, at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. That you know, there was the comment said to me, "Oh yeah, Dan. Well, you know, I, I I'm not going to listen to your advice during the season." Because when I play you, I know that you're going to lead me astray or, you know, you're obviously going to look out for number one and you're not going to tell me the best. And I said, absolutely not. I said, sometimes to the detriment of my own team, I tell you the truth every time. Every single week, I literally turn the mic on, come here with Mike Sofka, and we do the Fantasy Football Power Hour. And what I tell you in that Fantasy Football Power Hour for advice is if every single one of those players is on my team. That is how I treat it, that is how it is, and that's how I move forward. So, you know, that's the way that I look at it. And and I I mean, it's funny because some people were like, I don't think you're going to be honest with me. And I said, well, then just listen to the show. Listen to the show this week when you play me and you tell me if I'm holding anything back or if I'm being honest because I legitimately, first and foremost, this is my profession. I take my profession very seriously. I love what I do. I live my dreams every day. And so it is my job and my duty to be honest, forthright and true with what I think when it comes to fantasy football or with anything and to do my due diligence to help you out. So I will, you know, if, if Mike, if you and I are playing each other this week and it's play this guy or this guy, do this or do that, I'm giving you the same advice that I would look over myself before I make a decision. And that's just seems like you and I are cut from the same cloth in that respect is that we feel like we have a duty to do right because we do consider ourselves to be fantasy football voices. And you can't be a fantasy football voice sometimes. If you're going to be reputable, you have to be able to be the person all the time that will give the best advice you know how to give. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about building relationships, building building bridges, building dreams. It's about, you know, that's what we're supposed to be on the planet for, to help each other. So without getting all, uh, you know, mushy-mushy, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is the second week of preseason, but I'll tell you what I'm disappointed at is I still don't know what a catch is. <laughs> and I still don't know what a clean hit is with the helmet rule. I mean, four or five flags each game for that. Questionable catches, not catches, catches that weren't catches last year. I don't think we're any closer to answering those two questions. And if I could just figure out what a catch is and what a good hit is or not with the helmet or without, the football would be great. But I'm struggling with that right now. How about you, Dan? Yeah, you know, I'm just really, I know they're trying to protect people and they're trying to protect the game and they're trying to protect people that are playing the game and this, that, and the other. But really what it comes down to for me is I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't know it. I, I, 
I feel like we're going to get to a point where where the NFL is going to be two-hand touch. And it's so hard for me because there's the side of it where I see things and I understand like, okay, you know, I want to protect the players. I want to protect their, their heads. I want to protect their bodies. And at the same time, you're playing a barbaric sport. So if you get into playing football, you know that your body is going... I mean, people want to hurt you. They want to fight you. They want to beat you. Their job for two, three hours is to run through you. And, and that, I mean, can you ever slow that down? Not without changing the sport completely. Can you make a gladiator not a gladiator? No. Could you take basketball, you know, (laughs) I mean, basketball, it's the same type of thing. If you touch, if you graze someone with your pinky trying to block a shot, it's a flagrant one. So I understand wanting to see score. I understand wanting to keep people safe. But I'm very confused about what a catch is, just like you are, Mike. I've watched film over and over and over again that listeners send me to say, was this a catch? And there's some film that I've watched 20, 25, 30 times in five minutes, and I every other time I watch it, it is, it's not, it is, it's not. And then when it comes to you know injuries, I got a lot of guys that I care about that are playing the sport of football, and I want them to be safe, and I want them to be healthy, and I want them to have a great life afterward. And then, you know, you look at the sport itself and you're like, okay, but they still have to hit each other. They still have to get after the ball. And, you know, it's going to slow the game down and make a three-hour game a four-hour game. And now people are going to start getting pissed off and stop watching football because you're going to start watching at one. You're going to stop watching at five. So, you know, there has to be a balance. There has to be some type of solution to this, but you know, at the end of the day, can we ever protect all of these players that play football in a highly contact sport? You know, and the answer I think is no. I mean, if you're if you don't want to get hurt and you don't want to play a contact sport, you probably shouldn't play football. I mean, and that's not to say I want people to hit helmet to helmet. Don't misunderstand to people listening. It's just you kind of know what you're signing up for if you play football as opposed to playing soccer. Yeah, it makes me um makes me believe like before each game we should have like a tutorial like they should bring a, a guy out on the middle of the field and do like they did and then i'm gonna age myself here but the old bugs bunny cartoons you know like okay no hitting below the belt and he hits the guy below the belt no no kicking in the shin and he kicks him in the shin none of this none of that show me that before the game you know bring two guys out there and go this is legal this isn't legal this is a catch this isn't a catch. Okay, let's play the game. You know, give me something. Because right now, one guy's interpretation is another. And then, then to make it worse, if they have a question about it, what do they do? They go to Joey Bag of Donuts in New York on the video. Now, I don't know what Joey Bag of Donuts has on the team. I don't know if he's got the Giants in six or Philly, in, Philly given the six. I don't know what he's got. But maybe that will affect the outcome. I don't know. Maybe the guy in New York's on the other line with Vegas. Maybe he doesn't have to be on the phone with Vegas because gambling's legal now. It's gone to the point right now, and I'm not. I'm not begrudging it. I think it's a smart move by the sports. They're they're making it, and and folks in the in the Northeast are going to have a ball with this. You can bet from your seat on your cell phone in the game as to what's going to happen on the next play. You can bet in your seat from the game the outcome on a live betting line based on the point in the game you're at right now. So people that are in the stand, 70,000 people at a game are going to be able to wager their good hard-earned money, much less the money they've already spent to come to the game, on the outcome of a competition they're watching live in front of them that very minute. 
That's powerful, and that's going to generate a lot of income. So it needs to be very transparent what a catch is and what a hit is, especially when you're bringing money like that and the access to gambling in stadium. You have to have clearer rules. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't know who's running things. I don't know. Is all the money on one side and not the other, and you got the phone call? Tell me what the deal is. I honestly think what it comes down to is it's like betting on red or betting on black when you're playing when you're playing roulette is that you know you're just going to be sitting in your seat and you're going to and it's going to say is this a catch is this not a catch and you're just going to be betting the whole game on that and half the stadium is going to be right and half the stadium is going to be wrong but that's the thing too is if it comes down to this stuff like you know are they going to score a touchdown and then they rule that it was not a catch then you got people even angrier than your typical angry inside of the stadium cuz now they're losing money and now they want to talk to somebody and now they want to complain and they're going to complain to the first person that they see which might be the hot dog stand and they might be flipping over that hot dog stand cuz they just lost $300 because they said that there would be a touchdown on the last play of the game and there was but the official called it back i think that we're in a danger zone with the catch rule and i think we're in a danger zone with being able to bet from your seat yeah i i think there's a lot of income involved anytime there's the income involved just i mean just it, it is what it is these are businesses this is a business people think it's here for our entertainment well for entertainment you got to pay money and to pay money, somebody's getting money. It's just like the movie industry. It's entertainment. It's just like anything else. It's entertainment. That's why they're able to offer these lucrative uh, deals to everybody because of the sponsorship. Why do the sponsors, why do they want to buy commercial time? Why do they want their name out there? Because there's eyes on it. And anytime there's eyes on the prize, there's money in the bank. And that's what it creates. It creates jobs. It's good. I'm not, I'm not begrudging any of this stuff. I, I think if there's a there's a way to make a dollar and it's it's honest, ethical, legal, you know, you go ahead, do it. But at the same time, if if it if it leads to, you know, there might be some smoke here, well, there might be a fire. So hopefully for the game, you know, that, that won't be a big deal. It used to be, you know, Al Michaels was famous for this on Monday night. You know, late in the game, they'd score a late meaning. One team would score a late meaningless touchdown or kick a field goal and then try for the onside kick. You know, and he's making a comment like, hey, the guys in Vegas are going to be happy with the number. Al, just tell me you got the over, okay? Just just come right out and tell me you took the over. You know, so I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I, I like the opportunity. What I hope it doesn't do is I, and this is very selfish on my part, but I could see evolving to this where fantasy implications come up, not just gambling implications. I'll give you an example. Uh, Todd Gurley's got 99 yards and it's late in the game and they're going to take him out because they're winning. But the coach has him on his fantasy team and he gets a three-point bonus if he goes over 100 yards. So he puts him a stop. You know, I, that's going to kill me. You know, if, if they're, you know, if, if for all I know, you know, the, these things are coming into play. We don't know. I mean, there's 53 human beings on an active roster in the NFL. You mean to tell me these guys don't know that they're favored by four or, or, or the total is 42 or that they have so-and-so on their fantasy team? These guys all know. These guys all play fantasy football. And don't tell me they're not betting on sports either. If these guys, and I don't mean to lump everybody in one, one group, and I don't mean to paint everybody with a broad brush, but if you have a, it's just like the population in general. There's 1,600 or so NFL players, 
And just about every one of them is a slice of society. There's going to be a certain segment that's going to be good people. There's going to be a certain segment that's going to be bad people. And then there's going to be everybody on a gray scale in between. And that's just life. That's what we are as human beings. And it just, it's frustrating at times when you see the really bad ones. And it's heartwarming when you see the really good ones. But it's disappointing at the other 80% in the middle when they don't live up to the expectation you have of them. And Charles Barkley and these guys have said it for years. I'm not a role model. They're right. They're business people. This is their profession. And the NFL is not for long. The average tenure of an NFL player is three to five years. And some of them don't even make it that far. And, and, and that's where we're at. So I can't blame a guy for trying to cash out or trying to do what he has to do. Maybe he doesn't know any better. Maybe that's, you know, his moral compass is a little bit different than mine or yours, Dan. And, and you know, maybe, maybe this is action to him and he's going to grab all he can get. Well, some guys can't see the forest for the trees because if you just straighten up and fly right, you're going to do fine. There's plenty of money out there. You don't have to bet. You don't have to do fantasy. You don't have to do any of these things if you're a professional player. You have to go out there and do like Belichick says. Do your job. And that's why the evil empire is so successful. Well, and you just touched on a lot of things, Mike, and you hit on a lot of stuff. I mean, I was going to mention the fact that, you know, 1,600 players inside of you know, the NFL and, and the fact that to think that none of them bets on a game, none of them puts any money on anything out there would be insane to say, or that every single one of them is upstanding citizen and an upstanding individual. You know, I've always said you put a bunch of people in a room, the more people you put in a room, the bigger chance you have that there's a moron in the room. There's also a bigger chance that there's a great person in the room, the more, because it's, it's, it's probability. So, you know, I said, if, if you, if you hire 10 people, you may have one person that's a pain in the butt to deal with. You hire 40 people, it may be two. So, you know, it's when you have this wide open room of players and coaches and front office people and rich people owning the teams that want to make a little bit more money because greed is greed, then, you know, we're in a, we're in a situation where this could get dangerous. I wonder if all this stuff came about and all this stuff hit when it hit because the Raiders are about to be in Vegas, and there was no way that the NFL was going to be able to say that the Raiders had a certain rule that the other 31 franchises did not. So I wonder if this was a setup, a preemptive strike, to say we need to take care of the Vegas question, and this is how we're going to do it. Well, you know, that wouldn't surprise me because, you know, for years, the past few years, I've, you know, I, I've been one that, you know, like when a big game comes around, I'm not a... Uh, a, a gambling person. I don't gamble on everything, but, you know, on occasion I'll make a little side bet with a friend of mine or, you know, we've done something in one of these offshore things or, you know, and I know people who have like the real live bookie, the guy who comes by on Tuesdays or the guy who comes by on Fridays and, and you're not a name, you're a number for everybody's protection. And sometimes there's a runner in between and you go online or you make the, you make, you know, uh, bets by, by cell phone or what have you. You know, and it's 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 not to say that those things are bad. It's just there's a certain segment of society that are doing those things, and I don't think it's going to create uh, more gambling on the sport itself. I think what it's going to do is create more opportunity. And I think if you're a gambler, you're going to gamble. I think if you're if you're looking for some entertainment, you're going to dabble. Like I've been to the dog track and and high lie back in a day where yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I 
I'm picking two numbers. You know, I'm there to have a good time. I'm, I know I'm going to bet $40, $2 here, $5 there, and that's part of my entertainment. If I go to a movie, I'm going to spend that on a movie, and I'm going to be there for a couple hours. It's the same thing with this stuff. So hopefully most people keep everything in check. Hopefully there won't be any issues or problems. But I can remember back in the day when a bookie would come by to see a friend of mine in, in this business that I'm in, that, you know, that was a popular thing. You know, a couple of guys would bet on games and stuff. And the, the re- it was like watching something on TV, you know. Joey's Bag of Donuts comes for the pickup or comes for the drop-off, and it was always good. You know, you knew your friend was uh, was doing good when he had a shoebox on his desk. And if he had the shoebox on his desk before the guy came, well, you know, that was a bad thing because he was giving money back. And it was all cash business. But, you know, I can remember that guy telling me that he couldn't bet on Vegas games. In other words, UNLV, he couldn't bet on. Like back in the day when UNLV was basketball with, with Jerry Tarkanian and stuff, he couldn't bet on Vegas games in Vegas. That was some sort of rule they had. So I'm sure Vegas had to adjust as well. And I'm sure this has something to do with Oakland going to Vegas because it's going to open up everything. You're going to have betting ports in the stadiums. You're going to have functionality from your seat with improved Wi-Fi in these stadiums. They're improving Wi-Fi in college stadiums. They're doing it here at, you know, because attendance isn't what it was. People are infatuated with electronics. They're addicted to their phone. People get in accidents because of their phone. People ignore each other because of their phone. People make connections long distance because of their phone. Everyone is face down in these in these high-tech electronics. And to incorporate that into the game is genius because you have to make the in-game experience more fun than it is at their house or at their friend's house or at the bar. And nowadays with the Red Zone channel, with DVR, with stop and play and slow motion and surround sound and the beer is cheaper and the food is better at my house and I have a, a great situation. Why would I want to travel, uh, you know, an hour or so either way or, or more or less, pay for concessions, pay for parking, pay for gas, inconvenience of time and, and resources to try to get to a place. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an activity for the day. If you're going to go to an NFL game, it's the whole day. You go, you tailgate, you go to the game, and then there's traffic on the way out. It's the whole day. And if you can't get a whole day's worth of entertainment out of that thing, well, then what are you doing? That's why attendance is down. Don't let people kid you saying about the kneeling thing is down. That's why attendance is down. College football is feeling the same thing. Attendance is down. NASCAR, attendance is down. It's a different time and place. Technology has changed the way we view and interact with sports. And they can do one of two things as organizations, the NFL, NASCAR, baseball, basketball, hockey, everybody. They can embrace it and figure out a way to make money on it. This Internet thing's not going anywhere. It's going to be around for a while. So they can embrace it and make money on it, or they can shun it and be left in the dark. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to is the fact that, you know, we live in an age where times have changed. You know, I said my grandmother was a hundred and a half years old in nine days, G Mama. And she saw she saw everything from being born around the World War One time 
to World War II and the Great Depression and all these other things that happened. She experienced so many things in this world, and she experienced technology's evolution. They used to take 20 years or 15 years or 10 years or five years. Now technology went from, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to have, oh, we have radio, now we have TVs, now we have color TVs, now we have TVs that are a little bit bigger, now we have TVs that have no backs to them, we have TVs you can hang on the wall, we have TVs that can provide for you a 3D experience. It went from small steps over long periods of time to giant leaps over days. That is how technology has advanced itself. The internet happened. It got to our houses. And around when I was 12, it was like, that's when people are getting computers, putting them in the house, and this, that, and the other thing. You know, 80s, 90s, computers are in the house. They have the internet. You're on AOL. You can interact with people. Then Facebook was... You could just interact with people that were in your college. You could only see the 200 people in your college that were on Facebook. Then it started to be that one day somebody asked to be my friend that I went to elementary school with, and I didn't even know that they could see my profile. Now I could talk to anybody anywhere at any time from Facebook. I could talk to people all over the country, all over the world, total strangers, people who have no connection to me whatsoever, people whose friends are not my friends on Facebook, total strangers. That is how we have evolved. We have evolved progressively and extensively. I used to be on traditional radio, and I have nothing against traditional radio, but I found that I could make more money doing my own thing. I could expand more by doing my own thing. I could constantly evolve. I could do something one week and something other the next week. I could be whatever I wanted to be whenever I wanted to be it if I took the risk and owned my own company. So I did it. There are so many people that are caught in, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I'm doing forever. And that's not how it works. We always evolve, we always move forward. There's certain things that I will combat, like cyberbullying. There's certain things that I won't be with, like certain, you know, just certain apps or certain things that you know people do and this, that, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I am going to chase my dreams and I'm going to go after them and with technology consistently evolving we're seeing these changes we're seeing this growth we're seeing something that can you know people ask me what platform do you use to do the fantasy league well I have to choose the platform that's easiest to get to on your phone I might like a platform on the desktop but I used a platform on the on the on the the desktop and then I used it on my phone and I couldn't set my own team so then I thought about everybody else so then I chose a different platform and that's the platform that I've been using for a very long Long time. There's certain things that, you know, we're creatures of habit, but if something gets better or something else is involved or people want to see something else, you know, I've evolved the way that we live draft. I've evolved how I do the draft live when I'm at the Wildcat Sports Pub. I've evolved how I pick the players in the order that we get drafted. I've evolved the point scoring system. So there's things that are constantly changing, constantly growing, and we live in a society where it's not once every 10 years we're going to improve the internet, we're going to improve computers. It's happening every single day, every single second, all the time. And so we have to evolve and combat the things that we're evolving to that are ugly, and then approach the things that are positive or could be positive. And like I said earlier in the show, everybody, any device that is created in this world that is man-made has the capacity for good and the capacity to be used for evil. We ultimately have to have the responsibility with it to treat it for good and not for evil, to be moral with it, and to understand that 
if we create something that can affect the lives of people in a positive way, we must also look at how it can affect people in a negative way and approach this with kid gloves, making sure that we handle with care and do the right thing. Because it's a danger zone when you have angry people that are coming from the track and coming from the casino that are going to the NFL games now. And if they lose some money, they might be the people getting in accidents coming out of the stadium because they're so amped up and they're so upset. They could be fighting in the parking lots. So we have to think about safety and we have to think about all the repercussions of having betting because there's people like Mike and I that, like Mike said, well, you go to the dog track and you don't know what the hell you're doing, but you'll try it once just because you're there and you want to entertain yourself. But guess what? There's the other people, the people that are there every single day that have just dwindled away their child's college fund and are trying to get it back, and they're borrowing against borrowing to get it done. And that's the danger zone that those people could be in your stadiums now, and those people are unstable, and those people are not your let's just go and have fun. They're the if I don't get this one hit, I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's a scary thing. And, you know, there's it's just a thing. I, I, I understand what we're doing as a society, and I understand and I appreciate that you know, the NFL is trying to, you know, embrace this. I understand that, um, you know, they've come a long way. There was a time where the NFL refused to acknowledge fantasy football. There was a time when they refused to participate in it or, or, or whatever. Now they have whole shows on TV and they sponsor trips and events and leagues and, and they've understood, you know, all these other guys and had the NFL embraced fantasy football sooner they would be getting paid revenues and uh, you know rights fees and, and so forth by these all, all these companies who are making money off that product and they're not. It's all about sponsorships. It's all about clicks. It's all about eyeballs. And whether they get those eyeballs on the computer or on TV, either way, they're happy because that's where all the money's generated. The money's not generated for the NFL through the stadiums and through the live attendance at the game. That benefits the local owners. That benefits the owner of the team. That benefits the owners of the stadium. That benefits the local communities and the tax base in those communities. You know, the NFL is trying to figure out ways to to keep the larger portion of the pie, and I can appreciate that. And, you know, you made a very valid point with the thing with the Raiders going to Vegas, and, you know, this is all timing. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, we're coming full circle. I can see where it's going and I'm kind of happy for it in a way because, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Just like, you know, with uh, alcohol. There was a while they, they outlawed alcohol in this country. That didn't stop people from drinking. They still drank. And some of them were in a bad situation because they you couldn't, uh, you couldn't vouch for what they were drinking. Sometimes it was poison. They didn't even know it. Sometimes people went blind. People got killed because they, they drank bad bad liquor, liquor that wasn't regulated, liquor that wasn't taxed, and so forth. So, you know, it's the same thing in this country with the gambling. It's the same thing with uh, illegal drugs. It's a, here, Here's what I say. I say make everything legal. You want to shoot up heroin? Shoot up heroin. Now, I've got, I know I'm getting way off base here, but what I'm trying to say is life's about choices, and I don't think that if they made heroin legal today that everyone's going to run out and be a heroin addict tomorrow. All I'm trying to say is everything in moderation. If you, if you embrace the technology, if you embrace changes, evolution in life around us and 
what the general populace likes and doesn't like, you're going to do well. And if you buck the system and go away from things, you know, you're, you're not getting anywhere and you're fooling yourself. So the best bet is to try to get involved in it if you're the NFL. Try to have a say in it if you're the NFL. Because don't forget, you know, this may bring a new avenue to, to look at college sports. This may bring a new avenue to the way injuries are reported. Colleges don't have to report the injuries, especially in-game. <laughs> yeah, Syracuse fans know all about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I mean, it's it's very frustrating. So now you got to wonder, are there going to be teams like doing more like the Patriots, where, you know, one week nobody's on the IR, they get a call from, the, from Roger Goodell, and next week all 53 guys are on the injury report with some bump or fingernail you know, problem or something. So it, it's just real interesting to me to watch the way this whole thing's evolving. I kind of see where where it might be going, but you know, every day is is interesting. That's what I love so much about football. That's why I love so much about fantasy football. It makes me feel closer to the game. It makes me feel like I'm a part of the game, and that's what fans want: that interaction, that interactivity. Going to a movie, but you're part of the show because you have a stake in it. That's great. It's great for the game. And to come full circle, none of this that Mike and I are talking about means anything if we can't figure out what a catch is. That's correct. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment after this fast break. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. (laughs) 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. The only people that talk about football more than Jalen Ramsey is Mike Sofka and myself. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for Mike, WakeUpCallDT.com for me. Quick links to our fantasy football page on WakeUpCallDT.com. You can also go directly to the fantasy football page. And I had to bring it up because I want to know your thoughts, Mike. I feel like I already know what you're going to say, but it'll be fun for me to listen anyways and everybody else. What do you think about Jalen Ramsey? Because I got asked this question yesterday, and I'll be more than happy to answer it, but not before you do. What do you think about Jalen Ramsey, the man who said, we're going to the Super Bowl, and we going to win that bitch? What do you think about what he's saying right now? Well, you know, I kind of like it. And, and, and I know that, you know, some people may not like that or may not agree with that, but, you know, this is a Deion Sanders-type player. This is a once-in-a-generation type player. I know he's young in his career, but this guy's been a star. He's a top-ten pick. He was a star at Florida State, and it's not easy to go to Florida State, much less be a star at Florida State. And this is Deion Sanders revisited. This is a guy who can tell you he's going to get in your face, then he gets in your face. He's a guy that's going to call his shot and then make the play. Now, he's going to have to have a short memory because he's going up against the you know, the best players, and every once in a while he's going to get burned. But most times, overall, and again, this brings the gambling thing, you know, on this play, is Jalen Ramsey going to get beat? No. I'm going no every time. Is is this guy going to catch the ball? No. Is this guy going to score? No. And he's faced up against some of the tougher guys in the league. I mean, there's some, there's some very good, very large receivers. I mean, these are guys that uh, he, 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 uh, pro bowl caliber guy. He's the number one corner in Jacksonville. He's going to get the number one guy. Well, you know what? He has the opportunity to speak this way. You know why? He's got a great defensive line who puts pressure on a quarterback. And pressure on a quarterback is everything. If he didn't have that defensive line, he'd have to be a true cover corner. And I don't know that he is. He can cover, but he's not Fred Smoot. He, he's not like water covering two-thirds of the planet. This is a guy who can cover. He can beat you to the ball. He can hit. He can intercept the ball, but he can't do none of that without that awesome defensive front that he has there. So, yeah, go ahead. Preach on, brother. Make make some noise. It's locker room fodder for the other team the week they play you, but so be it. This is the style and the swagger you portray. As it's You know what? It's not bragging if you back it up. And I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to back it up, so I like it. Well, I'm going to be on both sides of the spectrum of this, and I'm going to give my two thoughts. My my first thought is when he said, we're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that bitch, that I told my wife, well, we pretty much certified that Jacksonville is not going to the Super Bowl because of that moment. Because Jacksonville had, had loved the fact that the Patriots, or that the uh, Steelers... We're saying some of the Steelers were like, oh, you know, we're looking forward to playing the Patriots and this and that. And it's like, well, you have Jacksonville this week. And it's like, laugh it off. Who cares? Type of feeling. And I remember interviewing Malik Jackson after the game in Pittsburgh inside the locker room. And and Malik Jackson said to me, he goes, you know, they were all talking about how they wanted front row seats to face Tom Brady. And he's like, we gave them to you on your couch in your house. So they took that locker room material and they used it as fire. Not that they needed it. 
but they love to let you know and remind you what you said. So my problem with Jalen Ramsey saying we're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win that Super Bowl is the fact that he was doing exactly what Pittsburgh had done to him back to New England. So what they used as fire was given to, it was almost like what was used by Jacksonville with Pittsburgh was they used Pittsburgh's match to light the fire in their cabin. And then what Jalen did was he took the fire out of his cabin and brought the match over to the New England Patriots. So I don't like the locker room stuff that you could put on the wall because nine times out of ten, I feel like it works against the team that ran their mouth. So I'm not a fan of that. At the same time, the other end of the spectrum and devil's advocate to this, Jacksonville knew what they were drafting. They knew who they were getting. They knew his talents, but they also knew that he likes to tell everybody how talented he is. So they knew that by drafting this guy, they were running into this. And as it looks right now, it seems to be that Jacksonville cares more about his talent than about his mouth because they're not willing to let go of him or release him or get him out of his contract or trade him or whatever. And I think that that would be a mistake because he is the best cornerback that they've seen in Jesus knows how many years, probably a decade, if not more. So Aaron Beasley, Donovan Darius, when they were in the secondary, it was one hell of a secondary in Jacksonville. And now with A.J. Boye, Barry Church, who obviously, I mean, he's getting older, but he's got something to give. But Ronnie Harrison, who was just drafted out of Alabama, on top of, you know, having Jalen Ramsey there. You look at Ramsey on one side, Boye on the other side, and then you continue to look at the safeties in the middle of this thing. This is a tough defense to go after. It's a tough defense to handle. Their one glaring issue is their middle linebacker situation, and they brought Andrew Motuapuaka into camp from Virginia Tech, who I love because I covered him inside of the ACC, and I think that he is a huge steal if he ends up making the roster and they keep him on the team and he does what he needs to do. So Doug Marone is not a stupid man. And I can tell you that from Syracuse and his time here. So Doug Marone, you know, he gets he gets good guys who know what they're doing, and they may not be the flashy name, they may not be this, they may not be that, but I can tell you what they are. They're hardworking individuals. So it's going to be exciting to see who what, that middle linebacker situation. But outside of that, on their defensive line, they got eight guys, arguably, that can play on the defensive line as potential starters. And then you have the secondary, which I discussed. So two ends of the spectrum, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Yeah, he can run his mouth. He's going to run his mouth. Nobody's going to shut him up, not even Tom Coughlin. But Jacksonville knew what they were getting. Do I like that he says that they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. But at the same time, if they thought they couldn't win the Super Bowl, why even play the game? So it's kind of one of those think it, don't say it, no one to run your mouth, no one to speak. I don't mind that he trash talks on the field. I don't mind that he tries to get in somebody's head. Because if he gets in your head, that's on you. He's trying to get in your head. It's just the same reason why people hate Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green tries to get in your head and people let him in. You have to be strong enough not to let somebody in. If you say, well, I can only live in a world where nobody says anything bad about me and nobody ever writes about me on social media and nobody ever bullies me, then, you know, that's... That's a life where you never have to see how strong you are. But when you face Jalen Ramsey, you have to be mentally tough to the nth degree. So there's things that I like about it. There's things that I don't like about it. Fighting in practice, you're never going to hear me say I like that. So he's got to grow up and be an actual man in those situations and learn how to keep himself from getting suspended because whether he's talking or not, Mike, it doesn't mean a damn thing if he's not playing. So he needs to be smarter with the actions that he takes and smarter with when he opens his mouth. But as far as trash talking on the field, I got nothing wrong with that because you know what? If he gets in your head, 
he gets in your head, and that's on you. He's going to come to play any day. And as I said before, the Jacksonville Jaguars knew what they were getting, and Tallahassee's close enough to Jacksonville and not too far of a drive to understand exactly who was coming over when you made that pick. Yeah, I like it. You know, I, I, I like Jacksonville a lot, and I think they deserve some swagger. You know, I, I, I you know, you hear everything uh, from Saxonville, which I like that one a lot, and I also like, you know, the swagger. They're talking about Jag swag now, and, you know, I, I, I just hope they keep it, like you said, to, it's good to boast, it's good to brag, it's good to be up there, it's good to feel good about yourself, but it's, it's not okay if you don't back it up, and they, they were able to to do some wonderful things last year, and I think they're going to be able to back it up this year. I don't think anybody on that defense is going to back down from what Jalen Ramsey said. I think they all have his back, and I think, you know, unpredictably, this is going to be fuel for Jacksonville's fire, not so much uh, locker room fodder or material on the other guy's bulletin board. So I, I still like it. I think it's good. I think it's good for the team, but, you know, we'll see where he takes it from here. You know, if he tries to milk it like Odell did last year, uh, proposing the kicking nets and stuff, you know, can't you know when you're going to jump the shark. You know, okay, you said it, you had your piece, you had your fun. Now go play. Trash talk on the field. Win some games now. But if you ride this thing too long, you're going to look bad, Jalen. So I hope hope that's the end of it, and I hope we uh, see some good football out of the Jags and out of Jalen. Absolutely, and and the thing is, if he doesn't back it up, everybody in the league will be sure to remind him, and any quarterback that beats him on the field will be sure to remind him what he said before. So just be smart with how you say it, be smart in how you use it, and understand that you should still have a chip on your shoulder, Jalen Ramsey, because you did not go to the Super Bowl, and you did not win that bitch. So make sure that you have that chip on your shoulder because it didn't happen. You already said something that did not come to fruition, and if you're going to be ballsy and you're going to put stuff out there, you got to live up to it, and you got to make sure that when people question you on it, that you can go out there and be who you know you can be and do what you know you can do. And remember that there's 53 people on this roster, plus a practice squad, plus a front office, plus a coaching staff, and how you act and how you treat people is a representation of your entire team. So just remember that. With that being said, Mike and I have wrapped up for today. We're excited to be drafting with each other this week. I'll be drafting with you all in Central and Upstate New York on August 26th, September 1st, and September 2nd at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and I can't wait. Mike and I have our shows up. You can go to HalloFameFantasyFootball.com and see all of our episodes, listen in all of our episodes, and you can go to WakeUpCallDT.com, quick links to Fantasy Football, or just go to the Fantasy Football tab on WakeUpCallDT.com, and you will have every division broken down. So instead of doing something with all the running backs or all the quarter or all this or all that and having a ton of information all within one show, we split it up by division. So if you're looking for Cincinnati players, you can go straight to Cincinnati during your draft. You can listen into it and have us ready and raring to go right there in your pocket. So we have the AFC every division, the NFC every division. We have covered them all for you and made concise shows on each division that all you have to do is go and click on on HalloFameFantasyFootball.com and on WakeUpCallDT.com's fantasy football page that will bring you directly to the team you need, the positions you're questioning, and all the information you need to know. So we are a resource. Use it. Don't complain about not having enough information because Mike and I have never <laughs> have never been known to not give you enough information. So check that out and have yourselves a great time. Mike, I will see you in just a couple days, and I can't wait. Sounds like a plan.
man. I appreciate it again, Dan. And, you know, if you guys want to go to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com, there's always a bunch of free stuff. But if you want a customized cheap sheet, if you want a cheat sheet that's going to win your league, I got them for sale this week, five bucks. Go to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com and win. Fantasy football cheat sheets provided by Mike Sofka on Hall of Fame. FantasyFootball.com. Mike, I will see you soon. And in the meantime, God bless, be well, and happy drafting in a couple days. Yeah, see you Saturday. All right, take care.